Real Money Show, one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom is the website. Precious Metal Advisor Investor Kit. You want it all. And a reminder once again, if you are uh, investing $5,000 U.S. in an RSP account, like an RSP, TFSA, RIF, Lira, all that, uh, you will get one gram of gold courtesy of Guildhall. Some conditions apply. Consult or look at the website for more details. Hey, Darren, hey, Jeremy, how are you guys doing? Pretty good, John. It's been a good week. We've had a lot of uh, interesting new accounts and people coming aboard at Guildhall Wealth Management. So we first of all like to welcome everybody to the fold. We've had a lot of interest now that the summer is coming slowly to a close in uh, question and questions about RESP. So we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about those on today's show. But in particular, this is the time of year where we start planning for year end, and of course. As we're doing this, there is an abundance of news out there, and uh, the world is not safe any longer, especially economically. But as we tape this show on Thursday, the price of gold is hovering in at around 1322 an ounce, while the price of silver sits at around $18.50 mm-hmm. an ounce. Both metals had uh, up-down week week over week, slightly off of their highs of last week. And uh, as we're taping this show, we will note that tomorrow on Friday, Yellen is speaking around 10, 15, 10, 30 in the morning from the Fed summer retreat. And we expect to hear a lot of statements, but none of them will include higher interest rates. So we're going to spend a little bit of time today on the show talking about the effects of lower interest rates and what they do to person's savings and how we've gone from a savings economy to a speculator starve economy. Mm But overall, again, this is a big week for precious metals. This is the turning point where we start to see as August comes to a close, usually both the markets of silver and gold start to peak and uh, begin their rise to what we believe will be a very nice run towards spring of 2017. So this is a very interesting time. And I know we're, we're talking about where silver is currently, where gold is currently, and of course, every market has its ups and downs. But the reason to be in, in precious metals and have hard assets is because there's zero counterparty risk when you own physical precious metals. This means that if the stock market goes down, nothing's going to happen to your to your gold and silver. Gold and silver can't go to zero. The whole idea of having precious metals is to protect your wealth. Now, if you are looking at some of the longer-term charts in this respect, then you would see that gold and silver are specifically undervalued right now. And as Darren's about to talk about speculate or starve, Mm. um, in terms of speculating, you have to look for something that's definitely undervalued. Every stock you see on the stock market is trading this many times over earnings and it's all getting quite ridiculous and you're getting more and more analysts coming to the coming into the fold and saying this doesn't look like the right place to be and so it is important to look for something that's undervalued and to do that with precious metals you have to consider what they are their values the fundamentals to be able to say how high can can the price go because price is what you're going to pay but value is what you're going to get and gold and silver are incredibly undervalued at this point and all you'd have to do really is just go online look up gold versus debt gold versus money supply and you would see that in 2010 it kind of got above that line since uh, 2012 we've been way under those lines of in terms of the fact that governments keep printing more and more money yet the price of gold and silver haven't risen a whole lot and so they've got a lot of catch-up to play here so again zero counterparty risk hedging against declining value of currencies by owning a hard asset 
One eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth.com, Darren. I brought with me today an article called The 31 Incredible Facts About Gold You Never Knew. Very cool. And of course, some of these facts are straight ahead common sense, but they do dispel certain myths that people might have. I'd like to share a couple of them with you as a listening audience because, of course, being educated is something that we pride ourselves on at Guildhall. And I'll start with this one here, that almost 40% of all gold ever mined in history came from South Africa over just the last 130 years. South Africa still holds the world's third largest unmined reserves behind Australia and Russia. So, of course, that tells us that on a year-to-year basis, we are getting a significant amount of gold that's coming out of one region in the area, which is also certainly something that you could look at as being potentially very volatile. Of course, from the supply and demand perspective, we want to keep that flow of gold to a minimum because obviously the less there is, the higher the price goes. And over the last four or five years, that's exactly what the case has been. There's also been a historic precedent that you can only add to the global supply of gold by about 2% a year, which is one reason why those who have backed, those who are pro-gold backing of currencies, and I'm, and I'm not necessarily in that camp, part of, the, part of the fact that you can only add to the global supply by 2% a year really caps inflation because you can only increase the, the monetary base by 2%. You know, look at that against central banks who are adding at an incredible rate. So this idea that gold can only come out of the ground at a 2% rate gives you a sense of how much gold you can put into the put into circulation, but that's being battled right now by the fact that governments are printing gobs of money and what is that doing to the currencies of those nations and how would you protect against that? How about gold, paper gold, as you guys refer to it? I mean, that's not held at 2%. I mean, there's tons of that around, right? There is. And of course, when you look on a day-to-day basis, what people don't realize is that there's multiple areas where people buy and sell, including the paper arenas, which includes, let's say, everything from the options and futures market Mm -hmm. into the ETFs and the stock market. And of course, what most people think when they're getting into investing, if they're not buying the physical product and taking it home or storing it, is that they themselves also are investing in the product. Mm. And the reality is if you buy a company that mines gold, you're investing in the company, not the gold itself. You may believe in gold and you may think because they own gold that the value is going to rise. And that could be the case in many uh, instances. But if you want to invest in gold because you like the actual fundamentals of gold and silver, it's you know incumbent upon you as an investor to make sure you're doing your due diligence to understand that there is a significant difference To give you an example of how different this market can be, take this uh, as one instance of how pricing affects market. When you see the price advertised on a daily basis, generally in the evening, let's say when you're watching the evening news and they report on the gold price or the silver price, that price is actually being uh, given to them or fed to them through what we call the futures market. These are contract markets where you agree to buy set amount of ounces at the end of every month in the form of a contract. And for silver, it's the typical one is 5,000 ounce contract. And in gold, it's 100 ounces. Those contracts expire at the end of the month. And you may, in many instances, find that the investors actually never take possession of the gold or silver. They're merely there to speculate. So what they might do is if they won on the month and made money, they take the difference or the arbitrage between what they bought at and what they sold at. They might also decide to roll over and take maybe a double or nothing ploy 
just depends on who they're dealing with and who it is that uh, in actuality is behind the selling of that product. Now that's being said, because you don't have physical gold trans being transported back and forth and there are no real good checks and balances that keep the product safe and sound and that give us 100% certainty that it's being traded back and forth, you get days, John, where on a given few hours of trading, you can get an entire year's worth of supply traded in the market. Now that means that theoretically, all of that metal has to change hands back and forth during that day, which means picture thousands of little tiny armed uh, trucks right. taking gold back and forth everywhere where it has to go. It, it's not true. It just doesn't exist. The product doesn't exist. It's being shifted from one balance sheet to another, and that's what typically is happening in the paper markets. So people that are buying physical gold and silver, when you're taking that product out of the market, it means that nobody else can have that one ounce of gold or that 100-ounce bar of silver, which means it's yours and yours only, and it only helps you long-term in terms of the price because that's one less ounce that's available to the rest of the world. Jeremy, that doesn't appeal to me, the the the, the opposite of buying paper gold. It's like if you're going to buy a Jackson Pollock, you don't want a poster of a Jackson Pollock. You want the Jackson Pollock, right? <laughs> That's right. And, and, and everyone in Asia would agree with you because right. in Asia, the markets there are physical and they trade physical. So physical is actually trading hands. And so as a result, you don't have this ratio of paper to gold that you do in North America. And, you know, we don't know how long that can keep going. But what we do know is that every every month there's less and less physical available on the commodities exchange in New York which means every month they're having to put more and more paper into play which Darren just mentioned is sometimes a year's worth of production now that hasn't stopped the 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 actual price from rising but it certainly acts as a as a headwind so whenever we have um uh, gata members here to talk about that on the show we go into more in-depth conversation on that but ultimately the point here is that you want to avoid being part of what i call the steam valve on the pressure cooker you want to you never want to settle for anything less than actual physical real gold or silver and that also means if it's a if it's an investment where it it says it's physical is that product physically allocated to you right. because only if the product is allocated to you or you can have it in your own hand so for example for our depository clients they can go to the depository and physically hold their own product in their hand Amazing. whether it's depository or registered accounts like an RSP that's their product when it is when there is zero counterparty risk when you own that product yourself you are helping the market to eventually move much, much higher from here. And when we come back to the next segment, we'll touch base a little more on our account options, let people know how to yep. get into Guildhall and get an account open. And we're going to talk a little more about 31 interesting facts about gold. Lots more to come. Just uh, just getting warmed up. Stick around. In the meantime, the number one eight seven seven eight silver The website is guildhallwealth.com. If you're investing in an RSP account, whether it be an RESP, LIF, RIF, Lira, RRSP, every $5,000 U.S. invested, Guildhall will uh, give you a one gram of gold courtesy. More uh, details on the website, guildhallwealth.com. Real Money Show rolls on on Talk Radio AM 640. One eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth.com is the website. Let's get back into it, Darren. The 31 things you didn't know about gold and how to uh, get some physical from you guys, too. Well, let's start with that. First off, if you want to find out more about Guildhall, go to the website, guildhallwealth.com. The second option you have is if that product is not going to be securely stored or if you don't want to have it there when the market is fluctuating, you might have an opportunity missed in terms of selling, then consider depository storage. 
in Mississauga, we have a vaulting facility that are that is used by many of the largest uh, banking institutions in the entire country, and it's an insured facility. You have your serial numbers. It's allocated to you. It's your product. Uh, and of course, that's an option as a secondary uh, way of holding product through Guildhall. You can include gold, silver, platinum, palladium, or a combination of all of them. And the third is to have a registered account. You can have any type of registered account, whether it's an RESP that we'll be talking a little bit more about on the show today, whether it's an RRSP or TFSA, a tax-free savings account. If you haven't used these vehicles yet, please, I encourage you, employ you to call us at Guildhall to find out more about your options for these accounts. These are, in some cases, tremendous opportunities for you to be able to have a tax-free, capital gains-free account in a a tax-free savings account, and an RSP, an option to defer your tax until later years. So great options for you. And of course, if you're in your later years and you're wanting to convert, let's say a LIF uh, or another type of registered account and you want to do something different with it, again, the options are there for you to do so. With Guildhall, you do have many choices. And of course, those are what uh, make Guildhall as special as it is. So again, I implore you to take a look at that by going to the website guildhallwealth.com. And if you've never done a TFSA, you're what, 46500 That's not much room. That's have, right. right. Over the age of 26, you have or qualify for an account up to a contribution of 46500 If you took that 46500 and you turned it into a million dollars by investing in silver at the right point in time and holding on to it, the, that that is yours to keep. You can take any part of it out and it's tax-free. There are no capital gains on that. You nice. can take it and go and put it into whatever else you want. one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom you know, you're, you're buying gold and silver because you're looking for a way to protect your wealth. The fact that they are so undervalued right now gives you the opportunity to also grow your wealth. And we've already seen that this year. Gold's up over 20%. Silver's still up over 30% this year, even with a slight pullback. And, uh, you know, ultimately, this is about protecting your wealth. Now, protecting your wealth also means what we've discussed in earlier segments about having zero counterparty risk. So when it comes to storing your product, you want to make sure that you that you are storing it in the safest way. It's one thing to say, okay, I want to protect my wealth. Okay, but we have to make sure that we're doing it in a process that that isn't aligned with that. And what I mean is, if you're buying a, a large amount of silver, for example, let's say you're buying 5,000 ounces, storing that product at home isn't necessarily going to be the safe route. It may be the less expensive route. But storing product doesn't have to be expensive either. And what you also want to keep in mind is liquidity. You want to make sure that you can get out of this market when you need to. You're buying gold. You might own gold for 20, 30 years. You might own it for a lifetime and pass it down through the generations. However, there may come a time where you want to, where you want to liquidate a portion of that. You know, if the price doubles from here, it's going to be worth twice, as much, twice the percentage size in your portfolio. You're going to want to lighten that up. Well... The idea of stopping what you're doing on any given day, you know, forget watching the kids soccer, forget going to a a special event. You're going to have to stop what you're doing, go home, lug hundreds of pounds of metals back up the stairs, put it into the car, bring it back to where, you know, I could go on. But the point is, is that cost of doing business is just over 1% a year. If you feel that the price of silver is going to double from here and move up 100%, then what's 5 6% cost of doing business to allow you to sell on a phone call? Nice. To get out of the market like that. There's no point 
holding on to it and not having it insured and not being able to get out of the market in a timely manner. That could cost you a lot of money down the road. So we want to sh- keep people thinking of the long term, keeping the perspective on a wide angle here of what this market c- is going to look like. We do feel that this market's going to pop. Just like we saw the other day, the market came down by a dollar, dollar fifty. Well, we've seen days this year already where the market's been up a dollar, dollar fifty very quickly. We do feel that this market has can comfortably go to fifty dollars and higher, just as it did in two thousand eleven. Although with all of the money printing that's going on, we feel it can go much, much higher than that. And again, to hedge against that that declining currency. So consider the consider when you're making this investment that you're looking at not just the cost of the investment, but making sure you're you're doing this investment in the right way, which is the safe way. You know, right now, negative interest rates in 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 Europe means means uh, investors are willing to lose one two percent a year and get nothing in return. And in this case, you know, investors could be looking at a one percent cost of doing business a year. But what is the chance that the price can go up thirty percent and right. and obviously make that a null and void uh, issue? One eight seven seven eight silver. The website is guildhallwealth.com. Got your list going there, Darren. I do, and here's an interesting fact about gold. For those of you who have bought gold from us, many of you might have received as a promotional aspect of our business a one gram bar of gold. This very, very small piece of gold is a way of us to say thank you for the account. And of course, that promotion is still running on Mm -hmm. accounts over $5,000 for every 5,000 you put in. You will get one free gram of gold. Of course, if you look at that one gram, it's just a tiny little amount. It's just slightly bigger than the fingernail of your ring finger. Mm -hmm. And if you were to take that, gold being the most ductile metal on earth, and stretch it out at the width of a hair, you could stretch that out to 180 yards or almost two football fields. That is correct, yes. It is a very ductile metal, and it's used for that purpose. And, of course, that is among many different uh, things that people probably don't know too much about. I I can say I've had... It, right now, all of the one ounce gold bars are all in a, a packaging from right. the Royal Canadian Mint. But several years back, you know the vaults the vaults still had older product in them, and I had a I had a bunch of bars that um, were loose. And all you had to do was just kind of warm it up in your hand, and then you could literally bend it. No kidding. Yeah, it was. The, it really is a malleable metal. Deepest mine. What do you think? Ah, it's a good question. The deepest mine in the world is 3.9 kilometers. It is the Poneg gold mine southwest of Johannesburg in South Africa, where miners now drill more than 2.4 miles. The rock temperature down there is, that is around 55 to 60 degrees Celsius just at, the, at, at working at those levels. So they have these massive refrigeration and pumping equipment that cool the air down to more bearable around 28 to 30 degrees. Jeez. It does take a special person to work down there at length, and uh, some of the miners that have been mining for for you know more than a decade do have a very special personality about them because being put down there without sunlight for that length of time is a very hard job to have. But it is a very deep mine. That that can't be cheap to pull gold out of that mine. I was going to say right, just the equipment and man hours involved and everything else at depth. And that's that's something else to consider here. I mean, gold can't stay low if costs of everything continue to rise, which is a reflection of inflation, which in actual fact is a reflection of a declining value of a currency. But if mining equipment is continuing to go up in price 
and cost of land continues to go up in price or the taxes on that land continue to go up in price, then it's going to cost more to bring that out of the ground. And you can you can basically bet on that, that the fact is costs of business just continue to rise, which means the, the ultimate price of bringing gold out of the ground is going to continue to rise. And you know, if you talk about peak gold, peak oil, peak silver, you know that it's that now you have to go deeper down in, in this case to get it or further out into the ocean to get it. And all of these obstacles in your way make it a lot more expensive. The next uh, segment, we'll get into natural fancy colored diamonds. And it's, uh, you know, it's with a capital R being rarity with those ones. So uh, how, how about gold? What's the rarity of gold? Well, if you look at gold in comparison, let me put it to you this way. If you were to look at the 2015, and this is the most up-to-date stats I have, the world produced more steel every hour in 2015 than all the gold ever mined in all of history. Wow, come on. So in, on an hourly basis, they're producing more than more gold than it's ever been mined. So that is just telling you the difference between those two types of metals, steel being, of course, something we use a great deal of. Uh, but gold in and of itself is an extremely rare metal. Although there are in the, the billions of ounces above ground in terms of the total metal available, that would barely cover enough for every person on the face of the earth to have one ounce. Whereas other metals, you, you might have you know thousands of ounces for each. Sure. Uh, so it is a fairly rare metal. And of course, the problem now is, and we'll be talking about this in later shows, we're going to be trying to interview somebody that's working on a pretty large scale project about uh, peak gold. And he's written extensively, and I won't, I won't say who it is now because I want to get him on the show. But uh, the truth is that we've now... Uh, seen a number of analysts, including this particular gent, write extensively about there being peak gold and that we've come and seen the very peak of what we're pulling out of the ground and it's gone. So essentially from here on out, it's a sliding slope downwards and every year we're going to have less and less production. And of course that only impacts prices going further. Imagine if you look at it just from supply and demand, regardless of what's going on in the world, if you have less and less every year, it's a diminishing product, uh, the price has to go higher. Supply and demand dictates it. Well, you were talking a few minutes ago about, uh, you know, getting down four kilometers to, to, to mine this stuff. Obviously, it's getting tougher and tougher and rarer and rarer, right? It is. It is. And in terms of where people think uh, gold is kept, you know, when I mentioned that there are billions of ounces above ground, well, essentially, most people think of Fort Knox. Yep. Problem is, Fort Knox hasn't been audited, and we don't know what's actually in that since the late 60s. Now, there have been many a senators, many a governors that have pushed in the U.S. to have the Federal Reserve audited, including the uh, Fort Knox holdings. However, that hasn't come to fruition, so right now they use it as a weapon, leverage against other countries, if you will, in uh, terms of trying to build confidence in the U.S. dollar by saying this is, uh, no matter what happens at the end of the day, backed by something we have called gold. But the truth is, the world's largest gold hoard is not at Fort Knox. It's in the New York Federal Reserve. It weighs in at around just below 6,000 tons, and over 93% of that actually belongs to foreign governments. And as we've seen in the last decade... It is becoming increasingly difficult because, of course, the New York Federal Reserve does not want to give up that gold. They have, uh, we've seen countries trying to repatriate their product, 
Germany's done it. Switzerland's done it. We've seen Venezuela get into trouble over it. And of course, it's been anything but easy. Now, being in the transportation business, so to speak, because we're moving gold and silver around all the time, we actually know what it takes to move product. And of course, it takes an armored vehicle, in some cases a flight to another country, but it's doable. And you can move massive amounts uh, if you're motivated enough in a very short period of time. However, we've seen instances where countries such as Germany have requested their product and it's taken the better part of six, seven years to get even a quarter, maybe a third of their product back from the Federal Reserve. So this is obviously an asset that they find great value in, but central banks go out of their way to tell us is worth nothing, that it's in fact a relic that doesn't provide dividends. If you like dividends, you can't live in it. And uh, it's really only good for industrial usages. So again, really just pulling the wool over our eyes as to the true value of gold itself. But as we come back, we'll uh, introduce more of these points as the show progresses. And of course, we're going to talk about colored diamonds. So everybody stay tuned. one silver online to guildhallwealth.com. Real Money Show right here. Talk Radio AM 640. One eight seven seven eight silver, and for the purpose of this, for your viewing pleasure, guildhalldiamonds.com. Uh, com. Guys love this part of the show where we talk about natural fancy colored diamonds, the pretty part, the investment part, the buy and hold part. Love all this stuff. Well, natural fancy colored diamonds are one unique way mm-hmm. that a person with very little or next to no investing experience can get into a market, become fairly educated, and make a very steady and consistent return without much work and never losing a wink of sleep. Mm-hmm. If you're not the type of person who likes to stay up looking at a screen because they're worried that their wealth may evaporate if the world changes overnight then color diamonds may exactly be the perfect thing for you. And to be truthful about the situation that exists right now in the world, I think that more and more people, John, are looking for that. When I see that across the sea in Europe, you're getting savings accounts and bond investments are getting negative interest rates. It's essentially saying, hey, listen, I'm willing to keep my you know $8 million in the bank, but if I was to speculate in the stock market, it's a good chance I could lose maybe even half that, maybe more. So I'll keep it in the bank and over the next 10 years, yeah, okay, it's only going to be worth seven and a half million, but at least I didn't lose half of it. I mean, can you, I can't believe, I like to sit in front of a person that has a substantial amount of wealth and talk to them and really just say to them, look, you've got other opportunities. You have other alternative options. You don't have to sit in negative interest rate environments. And color diamonds is one of those things where, and I'm sure Jeremy will agree, we've had a tremendous amount of success as a firm in introducing this to the Canadian public, being among the first that called for this market to go higher. We started this arena in pinks and uh, yellows and now with blues and reds over the years. And of course, we're seeing these markets grow dramatically. And if you haven't learned about colored diamonds yet, this is a chance that I don't think will come around again in our lifetime. Certainly not in pinks. We have probably another 36 months or more before one of the most major mines in the world, in fact, the largest pink producing mine in the world in the Argyle mine in Western Australia, closes its doors for good. And when that happens, there's going to be a rush to get a hold of quality Argyle pink diamonds. And having seen what a diamond that, let's just say even five, six years ago, might have sold for ten or 15000 is doing today, selling for thirty-five, fifty, sixty, eighty-five thousand. 60, 85000 it is a tremendous market to be in and one that I'm happy to say I've been a part of ever since day one. 
1-877-8-SILVER, online to guildhalldiamonds.com to check out the collection. It's it's true, Darren. I was actually looking through uh, some of the old um, invoices <clears throat> of what people were paying for colored diamonds, and I was seeing vivid yellow, internally flawless. We were listing them at $30,000. So including taxes, it was coming up to about 35000 That was back in 2011. Mm which is remarkable when you see the gain on colored diamonds over the last few years. And the reason is pretty simple. A vivid yellow diamond that today is now selling for 50000 instead of 35000 or 30000 pre-tax, you only see a, a handful of those a year, five or six of those a year. So that's not a, that's not a massive supply of colored diamonds coming onto the market of that type of quality. And in this market, what makes it easy for newcoming investors is that quality equals rarity. So do what we did. Don't don't sacrifice quality. Say that's it. I want the best quality I can possibly find. And what you're going to end up with is rarity because to find something that's internally flawless is more rare than a VS, which is very slightly included, or a lot more rare than a than a a secluded, uh, secluded, um, a slightly included diamond, which means you could see that inclusion with the naked eye. And you know, if you want to learn a little bit about colored diamonds, very easy. Go to your local mall, start looking around in jewelry stores, and starting to to see if they if they have a colored diamond and what type of colored diamond it is. So just get a sense of what's actually out there. You know, for us, it's it's always difficult. It's always a chase to find something new, find something exciting, and find something extremely rare. But, you know, Darren, you were talking about the pink diamonds and, you know, uh, 0.40 intense pink several years ago, you were getting in, in the in the 20,000 range, you know, $25,000. Today, those those diamonds are trading or selling for over $50,000. And again, that's rarity. Now, I think the ideal investor for a natural fancy color diamond is someone who doesn't want to watch their investments every day. Someone who's not a fast, speedy trader, they are conservative by nature, and also have a have a, a sense of a appreciation. So this is a this is a market that you're going to have. Uh, what I what I always find is that if you hold on to the diamond for five years, you're going to get a sense of its trajectory. You're going to get a sense of where this diamond can now be ten years from now, where it's going to be fifteen years from now. Now, the, the the larger the investment, the less time you would have to hold sure. it because it's going to accrue value at a faster pace. But I can tell you this market, you never know what you have until it's gone because once you sell a diamond, you cease to have the opportunity to continue to make money on that diamond. Now, it doesn't stop you from getting back into the market. We've seen Lawrence Graff, you know, of Graff Jewelers yep. sell a diamond come back into the market several years later and buy it back at a higher price. Who would do that? Could you imagine selling your home and coming back three years later and buying it back at a higher price? Well, why would you do that? Unless you thought the market was going to continue higher. And that's what we have with Natural Fancy Color Diamonds. So if you want to learn a little bit more about it, again, go to your local mall. Try to find them. Try to find a good quality Natural Fancy Color Diamond. That'll just start the appreciation Go onto the website, guildhalldiamonds.com. Start to see what really good quality colored diamonds are in terms of internally flawless yellows, VS quality pinks. And then if you want to see some diamonds in person and, and handle them and 
you know, loop the diamond and really see it for the first time, you can contact us directly and we'd be more than happy to set up an appointment. One eight seven seven eight silver is the number to get a hold of Guild Hall. You know, it's funny you mention that, Jeremy, because I've, I've dropped in on occasion to brick-and-mortar stores, jewelry stores, good ones, high-end ones, and now, never used to be this way, but the front cabinet, right as soon as you walk in the doors, they've got yellow diamonds in there. Everybody, I guess maybe they're hearing you guys on the show thinking, <laughs> hey, this might be a good thing to do, but you never saw that before. Last couple of years, you're seeing it now. Yeah, you didn't, and, and uh, one of the reasons is um, – it is a movement towards individuality that mm. started with a lot of the stars on red carpets displaying these very individual uh, jewelry pieces. And so people started to get an eye for it. In the jewelry sector, it's a little different. It's a little in, it's, it's interesting because what's happened is, is white diamonds are not rare. They're not rare. You can go online and find 30 internally flawless D-cut diamonds. Right. You know, that's not rarity. Uh, when every day I could go online and find 30 of the same perfect diamond, how rare is that? The problem in the white diamond industry is that there is there is tough tough margins. And if they can find something specific in a colored diamond, that they can stretch those a little bit. Right. Um, so it's, 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 a, it's a dual purpose for jewelry stores because on the one hand, they can do a little bit better on their own margins with the colored diamond, plus it is going up in value. So you actually have part of your inventory that's rising in price. Now with Guildhall, we're in the investment world. So we know that eventually we're going to resell that diamond. So it's, it's imperative to us to offer very fair pricing. And the way we get to that is very simple. You know, if Guildhall happens to get a very good opportunity in a diamond, we're going to pass that along to our investors. And we know that eventually the investor is going to, going to want to resell that diamond if, or if they do want to resell that diamond. And so it's important for us to be fair. You mentioned uh, you know you mentioned the red carpet individuality and all that stuff. So so how about that one? You've, when you know, we've talked about this before, wealth to wear. Maybe it's the last step to push your husband or your wife over to buy that diamond. What am I going to do with this? Put this in a safety deposit box? I can't even look at it. Aha! Uh-huh. But we have a solution, <laughs> right? Well, colored diamonds are very popular for people who want to make a statement right out the gate in mm-hmm. their in their first big uh, jewelry purchase, like the engagement ring. We see a lot of investors who are purchasing their second, uh, they're on their second go around, so their um, second marriage, and they want that, they don't, they don't want that feeling of just spending the money on a luxury item that might not be worth what it was, right. because obviously they've been divorced, they know what the price, the value is at, at the end of the day, and we also see a lot of people who are celebrating uh, milestone moments like their anniversary, and they want to bring something new to the table. So for example, it might be a 10 or 15 year anniversary and there's an upcoming event and they want, they want their, their ring to be the star of that event. And that's what color diamonds do. They express that individuality. And it, what we often see is men will buy a pink diamond. Why? Because the pink diamonds are something that you really put away. Um, there's great opportunity in them. They are a little more expensive and then they buy a fancier and intense. Right. Uh, to be put into jewelry. And our jeweler does incredible custom work. Uh, Just the the quality of the diamonds, the quality of the workmanship, everything. And the fact that you get to create it yourself. So you come to Guildhall with with some inspiration designs. And then with our jeweler, we will help uh, perfect those designs, maybe maybe add a little bit to them or make some suggestions in terms of the styles of the day. 
and then we can create something custom. So we can even do that with white diamonds as well. For anyone that does want to buy a white diamond, we can offer wholesale white diamonds available. So because you're not having to pay big box store budgets uh, to cover their their cost of, of uh, rent, etc., we can do those at a much more fair price. So whether you want a high quality white diamond, whether you whether you want to put a colored diamond into into jewelry and enjoy it. Guildhall makes sure that the quality is always impeccable. How about the concept of, you know, grabbing a diamond now and, you know, squirreled away for 15, 18 years when you got a kid going to university? Because we all know tuition's not going down anytime soon, right? No, tuition's not going down. And also you can only you can only put so much into the the um the registered accounts. Right. Of course. So, you know, the, the registered accounts are only going to get you probably a third of the way through a university education. So depending on the type of diamond that you're purchasing, look, a fancy yellow five years ago was less than $10,000. Mm-hmm. Today they're selling for about fifteen. So if someone's holding on to that diamond for a 15-year period, they're comfortably going to have uh, doubled their, their money even after the cost of the sale. Now, they would have to come back to give their themselves a year or two to sell the diamond in order to get to get their best price you as bet. well. But uh, hey, listen, that is a very low risk, conservative yeah. investment. They they don't have to watch. In fact, they could enjoy it the whole time. You know, you could have uh, your, your, you know, uh, your spouse enjoy the diamond for 15 years and then, you know, hey, look, it's, it's going to be uh, put away. So don't get too Yeah, with the understanding with of... <laughs> But right. what the advantage, though, of course, is look. Not every not every child goes to university. They they decide mm-hmm. that's it. I'm not I'm not going to go to university right away. So the RSP investment becomes a little bit null and void. And in this case, it's okay. Well, you know what? We can sell the diamond, and there's a there's a at least a, a good portion of the way for a down payment on a condo. And you can award so, for a while and make it look nice because exactly. a mutual fund looks really good around your neck. Right? Yeah. Or or again, it becomes a <laughs> or it becomes a milestone yeah. where you say, look. Thanks, mom, for the for the the diamond, and I think I'm going to use it for my engagement. We'll recap. Got lots more to get through. In the meantime, the number is one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. You want to see that amazing collection of natural fancy color diamonds? Go to guildhalldiamonds.com as well. Real Money Show continues. Talk Radio AM six forty. One eight seven seven eight silver online guildhallwealth.com. One more uh, segment to go. Lots still to, uh, to get across to the listener. Take it away, Darren. Well, listen, we talked a lot on the show today about colored diamonds in the last segment. We spent some time in the first and second segment talking about some facts on gold and things of that nature and where the markets are. And let's just uh, let our listeners know where we are year to date. If we look at today's silver and gold prices, silver's up just over 33% on the year, while gold remains up 24%. Both metals look poised to run. I've got an article in here in front of me entitled Silver Bull Run Just Getting Started. It's by Trade Bulls, and the author is Asif Harani. It was released on August the 25th, which is the day we're recording this show. And he says, it has been a good year for precious metals, particularly for gold and silver. It's been a good year for precious metals. And if we look at gold, it has performed 28% uh, while silver has really outshined gold and gained by nearly 40% year to date. So when he wrote this, the prices were slightly higher. It might have been the end of last week. Investors, he says, have flocked to the metal in recent months with hedge funds expanding their bullish bets on silver to an all-time high in May, as reported by Bloomberg. 
Silver demand appears to be increasing and supply appears to be decreasing. Another reason for gain in silver prices is continued low-rate stimulus by the Federal Reserve, European Central Bank, and Bank of Japan. Negative rates by ECB and Bank of Japan have supported expectation for continued monetary easing, which is positive for bullion. Now, these are points that when put into proper context, uh, really add up to the story that's being told around the world right now. And that is that we are looking for continued weakness long-term, maybe not right now, but long-term in the U.S. dollar. We're continuing to see the threat of inflation rear its ugly head. And of course, it doesn't matter that interest rates aren't rising. We know why interest rates can't rise, because if they raise the interest rates in any of the major countries, their housing markets will get slaughtered, Hmm. not to mention they want to dump continual amounts of cheap money into the market. So theoretically, that's what causes inflation, because you've got more dollars chasing the same, and in some cases, less amount of goods and services, which means those goods and services have to go higher, i.e. gold, silver. This is why they may go higher. The third major reason around the world that we're watching the gold and silver market is the geopolitics of the world. We are seeing increasing violence around the world. We're seeing increasing problems. And regionally, countries are making moves to back their currencies and protect themselves by having hordes of gold. You're seeing this happen in the Middle East, in parts of Europe with Brexit, now a big concern over there and continuing to develop. And you've, uh, you've certainly not seen that here in the West and certainly not in North America. But I do think it's a theme that as the threat of negative interest rates continues and certainly could at some point rear its ugly head in North America, that uh, is going to be abundantly clear as we move on. And that last reason is probably the most significant all, and that's supply and demand. We talked a little bit about that during the show. And of course, gold, uh, we talked about having in the near future a new um, analyst on that's really been touting that the world is running out of gold. Really, we've hit peak gold. So we're going to try and get him on the show. And of course, with silver, just picture three, four billion ounces, which is very hard to do, but a massive stack of silver, the likes of which you've never seen. And think back to 1980 when that stack existed. Now forward all the way to 2016 and look at that stack being about, give or take, 90% less than Uh what it is. That's really what's happening in the silver market. We've seen at the same time with these uh, low prices in silver over the last 40 years, relatively low prices, a huge hoard of what was above ground and what was coming out of the ground get used up. And it's evidenced by the fact that every year up until the last couple, we had recycled product coming through our office on a regular basis. We'd see bars that were made in the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s, and it was a regular occurrence. Now never happens. We never get out of date bars. By that, I mean, there's nothing, uh, there's nothing older than I'd say 2014 in our office. It just doesn't happen. Uh, You don't see it anymore. It doesn't happen. And it's because the demand for silver industrially, what's getting used up has been the fastest growing metal on the face of the earth. We've gone from having literally four or five major industrial demands back in the 70s and early 80s to having dozens and dozens of applications come online, let alone the largest being electronics. If you own a phone, if you own an iPad, if you own a uh, piece of recording equipment or a stereo or you own a TV, 
Of course, we all own these things. They have silver in them. And of course, this isn't getting recycled. You don't when you decide to get rid of your old TV or iPad. You just put it away or give it away. And somebody else uses it. But you don't go into those components and take the silver out of it. So that's silver that's not getting put back into the mainstream. It's not coming back above ground for somebody else to have. It's not getting put into bar form. And of course, this is only going to grow as the population base grows around the world. You're going to get higher demand for these goods. And of course, Silver is going to be the number one metal they use to put into them. One eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. How about the fact that uh, China plans to power 100 million homes with solar power? Well, there's silver right there. That's huge amounts of silver going to solar power. And uh, yeah, there was once uh, a, a random article saying that they were able to do it with tin. <laughs> it was like, come on, the day you can turn tin into silver and water into wine, you, right. you render the market useless. So it was a it was a spoof or something. But um, the the fact is, is a hundred million homes. That's not one person per home. That's almost like like charging uh, or powering the entire United States. Right. They've got what three hundred fifty million people plus. So the the usages for silver are going to continue to be strong. It's going to be continue to be in huge demand. And you know, look, right now uh low interest rates, that is a last ditch effort to try to get some growth onto the balance sheets and it's not really working. 18778 silver, you want to start purchasing right now. You can also go to guildhallwealth.com. Again, according to data compiled by the GFMS for the Washington-based Silver Institute, about half of the global supply uh, of silver consumption last year was related to the metals industrial use, uh, which I said before was including smartphones, flat screen TVs, solar panels, as Jeremy alluded to, a huge demand for that. And of course, they suggest now, and this has been well documented, that this is only going to increase over time as each population base grows in a developing world, especially for those that have emerging economies that are gaining uh, middle-class ground or gaining more wealth in the developing nation. On top of that, new uses are being found for silver's antibacterial and reflective properties and everything from hospital paints to band-aids to windows. And you can't go very far without seeing something that has silver in it. But not only that, industrial demand Uh, would certainly be only one aspect of that demand. The other part of it is the actual physical investment demand. Last year with prices of silver at low, there was an overwhelming demand for uh, minted coins. India and China alone would need approximately more than 1 billion smartphones uh, by 2020. So, I mean, you know, if you look at the silver going into those countries and all these things, I know it's all one big pot, but it's just telling us that the times have changed dramatically. An asset that is trading at $18 and change cannot remain there on U.S. dollars, cannot remain there for much longer. We're going to see a decade from now the prices of silver skyrocket. They will be at least where palladium is now, if not even what where gold is now. And that's something that I think is bound to happen based solely on supply and demand, not to mention the fact that those other parts of the demand uh, and the other reasons why we're investing in silver will also grow as these economies start to falter. So this is an amazing story being told. And of course, to own this asset, to get into these markets, you have to go to guildhallwealth.com. You have to get involved, make the phone call, use the number that John's been giving. There are lots of promotions available and we'll be happy to hold your hand along the way and give you 
all of the various ways to get into the market. Whether you want to open up an account and take metal home, whether you'd like to store the product for safety and security and liquidity, or whether you'd like to have a registered account, get ready for the school year. Get the kids saving for college, university, using a beautiful account, the RESP, which we're going to spend some time talking about probably next week because we didn't get time this week, but certainly something that you can look forward to. And you can do all of that right through Guildhall today. You mentioned uh, combo packs as well, too, Jeremy. Good way to uh, you know get your beak wet and getting a variety of stuff, right? Right. If uh, someone wants to purchase some physical product just to get in the market, get your feet wet, understand what this market is, understand that there's you know, a spot price versus the fabricated price and what it means. And one of the things I do love about precious metals is this idea that it's sort of a forced savings. You know when you used to have uh, the bank take out a certain yep. amount to go every week into your into your uh, bank account? We do that now. We're, we have a, a, a monthly buyer's club. So every month people are putting in the minimums $200 a month, but you're, you're putting money into, into precious metals. And once you have precious metals, it's one of the most liquid markets in the world. You can sell it, no problem. But, you know, if you have 50 ounces at home or 100 ounces at home, you got to take it somewhere. And mm-hmm. there's a little more to do than just transfer it quickly online using an app. And that's one of the things I love about precious metals is in some ways it's a forced savings because you you buy it. In, in our industry, we call it stacking. You stack your product and you keep building up that stockpile. And eventually you've got quite a lot. And then you can realize, wait a minute, market goes up $5 on 1,000 ounces and that's $5,000. So it's it's great forced savings. And of course, the, the precious metals over the last 15 years have done remarkably well. Um, you know, you're looking at... at upwards of of just shy of 300% to just over 300% on gold and silver. So if you just want to get into the market and get your hands on some coins and a couple bars and see what types of products are out there, the combos are a great way to get started. We and do um, we do the uh, maple, silver yep. silver maples. We do the 10-ounce bars, some 1-ounce bars, up to the 100-ounce bar of silver. And if you do every month, Darren, you cost average, right? It's a good way to go. Well, it is, and we do have the monthly buyers program, and a lot of clients take advantage of that. Uh, we're well-versed in that method, and of course, uh, over time, as Jeremy said, you're going to be amazed at how much silver actually builds up in your account, and likewise with gold, you can do the same exact thing. So whether it's $50, whether it's $5,000 a month, those buyer plans are perfect for that person who just wants to put it out of sight, out of mind, start accumulating, and then over time, of course, find out more about what they're holding, and uh, of course, over time, they may want to sell and liquidate, hold other things, and of course, you may even want to use these markets to build up to owning a colored diamond. Nice. What you can do is is certainly uh, not limited by these markets only. Lots of options for you when you're working with Guildhall Wealth Management. A couple of different ways to get started, of course. The phone number is one eight seven seven eight silver You go online to guildhallwealth.com. Make sure you sign up for the Precious Metal Advisor. There's some key information every week. And a reminder, uh, once again, if you're investing in RSP account uh, or RESP, TFSA, RRSP, those types of registered accounts, $5,000, you start with that US. You will receive one gram of gold courtesy of Guildhall. You want uh, all the details, go to the website guildhallwealth.com. Again, this has been The Real Money Show one more time on Talk Radio AM 640.